Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Listen up, rugby fans across North America. You are listening to the Rugby Rat Podcast Show with your host, Ty Braga, Scott Barrara, and Rob Hammerschmidt. We tackle the tough topics on your behalf as the fan and share all the latest news, player interviews, and more when it comes to Major League Rugby, USA Eagles, and Rugby Canada. Rugby Rat Podcast Show, growing rugby one fan at a time. One and welcome, rugby fans, to this episode of the Rugby Rant. Um, it is it is my pleasure to introduce myself, Scott Ferrara, the big guy, as you know, the president of the Rooster Boosters, the Rooney Fan Club. Something that our general host Ty Braga can never say straight, no matter how many you know times we get, we let him say it, he can never say the words <laughs> Rooster Boosters together for whatever reason. Um, we also have Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt with us, who's one of our co-hosts. Um, again, I mentioned Ty. Unfortunately, he couldn't be here today, but that's okay. We have our friend uh, Craig Gridelli back again. Um, Craig Gridelli, of course, is a contributor to the Earful of Dirt podcast. He is also the writer of the Monday Morning Fly Half column that you see on EOD Facebook page throughout the season, um, a column that I read every Monday, so you should too. Craig, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's 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 nice to start getting some guys that we're we're having back on and they know the flow and and Craig's a, a friend of mine, so it's always nice to have friends on the show and 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 uh, he makes great rugby content and I make fun of him when he's in the the media booth up at MCU. Uh I take pictures of him as he looks like he's thinking hard and all that while I'm down drinking and, and having a good time. Um so for those of you that don't <laughs> for the... For those of you that don't know, the way this works uh, on the rant is each uh, guest will have two minutes to rant about the topic uh, at hand. Um, the way we're going to do it, we're going to do it a little bit differently. Um, we're all going to have a two-minute rant, but because I'm scoring it, my rant will not be scorable. It will just be my opinion, and that'll get the flow going. And actually, the first um, the first topic is actually, I feel, a great topic. Um, it's something that we haven't seen really before. As um as we did maybe in 2019 and 2020, and for those for those of the fans that don't know, about two or three weeks ago, Austin Gilgroni's actually had a commercial that played live in the Dallas Fort Worth area before Sunday Night Football. Um, Major League Rugby, Austin 2021, no bad required. Um, it was a Cowboys Eagles game. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're, we're coming into, uh, we're obviously in a digital age. We're in a social media age. We're in an advertisement age and the MLR and the MLR teams are, looks like they're starting to pick up the, um, their advertising. So we're going to, we're going to kick it off to, to Craig. Was this a smart move or are they just wasting money here? Your two minutes starts now. Uh, yeah, I love it. Um, look, I think when you think about a, a startup league like MLR, you can you can separate into two buckets if you want. There's the product they put on the field, you know, and then there's the marketing strategy that gets eyes to that product. And I think 
in the first few years, the on the field product has been a smashing success. I mean, I think you have to be a real rugby purist and, and almost a rugby snob to think that the on field product hasn't been, you know, above, you know, any expectation of what it could be at this point. That said, I don't think that's necessarily true for the marketing, the top line revenue generation side of the business. So, Look, you have the the gills uh, coming into the league, and uh, obviously the names have been controversial. And I I was kind of cool at the first. I think the second's a little much. Uh, but look, if this guy is going to come in, Gilchrist is going to come in and take creative approaches, try different things to focus on the marketing side, which is also how I view those names. Uh, yeah, I like it. You know, let's figure out what we need to do. It may take some trial and error, but someone's willing to spend money. Uh, to try to to drive marketing uh, improvements in the business, I'm all for it. You know that's a that's a great point, and I think you're right. I think you're you're correct. The play on the field has been great, and and that has been I think the motive of most MLR teams and the league is to put as much money on to the on field product to get great rugby. But also, again, I think you made a great point. We're in the United States of America where there's some flash, there's some, you know, true character you have to put out there as far as some glitz and glam to get more viewers. Uh, and we haven't seen that, um, you know, traditionally with the MLR teams. I mean, you do have some teams who go and they have more localized advertising or they have more localized sponsors. But, you know, we're talking about Dallas, Sunday night football, and the Cowboys are playing the Eagles in a divisional matchup. I mean, besides maybe doing it during a playoff game of the Super Bowl, I don't think you could have gotten more eyes on it than you did on Sunday night. So, Rob, what do you what do you say? Yeah, I think that I think that's a great point. Um, and so, personally, I like the spirit and I like the message. If you see the message, it was all about the hits. Um, I would only say that I wish they would have shown a few more hits in there um, to really give the vibe and give football fans an idea what rugby is like. Um, and I think the ad placement was perfect for gridiron craze Texas, right? You're, you're the AGs. You're trying to break into this market. You do it on Sunday night football. What bigger uh, game could you have done it with than the Cowboys and the Eagles, one of these longstanding rivalries? But it fell a bit short in my mind, um, and I realized an expensive ad buy. Uh, first of all, I think it was too short. It reminded me a little bit like when you're the, the old uh, cliche, uh, if you would have driven through a town uh, and blinked, you would have missed it. And, and that's what I felt like with that ad. It was just a little too short. I get it's expensive, but Gilcrest has deep pockets. Spend it, man. If you're going to do it, do it right. Um, and uh, I, the one thing I will say is there was no call to action. Like, the timing of it bothered me. All right, we're in November. We don't have – yeah, teams are selling, selling season tickets. But, um, you know, are, can you buy single single game tickets? Do we know what games are available? I think they would have been better off putting it – towards the end of the football season, uh, perhaps. Yeah, it might be a bit more expensive, but uh, give the people, the fans, a call to action. Season tickets are on sale now. Give them something to do after they see the video, after they see the commercial. I mean, I, I, I agree with a lot of your points, and I think what's going to happen is maybe this was the kickoff to a larger ad campaign for the Gilgronies, right? So you made the point that it was right before the action, you know, right before they get into, you know, waiting all day for a Sunday night, um, and you know, they, they came up with the, I think it was a f seven second ad, which wasn't even, yeah. uh, 
you know, make it even five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, but seven seconds just seemed odd. Like they were stretching the money. Um, I do like the points you hit on. It was a physical video of, of a tackle. Not only was it a physical video of a tackle, um, I believe our, our, one of our friends, one of our contributors, uh, Dustin Smith mentioned <laughs> it was a, it was a big hit on Houston. So not yeah. only d- did it maybe draw some eyes for new fans, for fans who are already, you know, fans of, of the Gilgronies, it, it was noticeable that it was a hit on Houston, you know, and it was, you know, starting to, to boil that rival rivalry over again. And um, I, I think you're completely right on those two points. Like I said, the only thing I, I don't think you're correct on is, well, maybe we don't know is the, it wasn't a call to action, but it was just like a pop. And maybe it's going to be a series of these small ads and that, that roll up to a call to action. Um, so I'm going to go in with my two minutes. I think for the first shot of somebody doing it really in the MLR, it was, it was great. Um, I do believe it was too small, uh, too short. I believe you could have had another three seconds that either had, you know, maybe the social media tags or something, or, you know, a, a picture of Will McGee with the Texas cup, you know, something like that, where it, maybe it'll see, it'll, it'll draw somebody's eye and go, what the, what the heck is that? What trophy was that? You know, um, I do uh, obviously Adam Gilchrist, one of the Gilchrist teams doing it doesn't surprise me. Again, he's going to spend the money to try and get this league going. Um, and as we know, he he is he is throwing his money all around this league. You know, love him or hate him, he has put he has put a lot of money in the league to try and make it successful. So you got to give him that. What I think, um, I think the other big market teams really need to jump in on this. I mean, Rooney should be doing something, whether it's a, a 10 second ad before the Yankee playoff game, you know, again, localized, you don't have to necessarily do it nationally. Um, obviously you don't want to put it before a Jets or Giants game, right? Craig, cause nobody's watching currently. Um, <laughs> Craig's a poor, poor Giants fan. That trail. Yeah. Craig, Craig's a poor Giants fan and he, he watches them lose every week. Watching every week. But I'll put it this way. If you, if every week. They play Sunday night and you saw a 10 second Rooney ad. Wouldn't you get excited for the 2021 season just a little bit? I would be, but I'm also excited. For, I mean, I, I totally agree with, I guess, the, the points you guys are making in terms of the the shortcomings of the ad itself. Uh, but, I mean, I'd be excited for a five-second I mean, w- think of what's happened that we're now, because this ad aired, we're now discussing, like, the the right way to advertise or things they should do. Or, I mean, it's taken the whole conversation to a new place that's better than the old. I mean, now that, that like, seal has been broken and now – by all means, I mean, they should figure out the right way to advertise based on the money they have. But, I mean, now we can actually see different examples of different attempts to do it and figure out what works. So I, I think it's it, – obviously, it's not a perfect ad, but I just think it was great progress for the league. Absolutely. And and I was thinking about this um, throughout throughout the week since it aired. Um, and, Rob, maybe you can you can elaborate on this more. Do you think it's in the MLR's best interest to do a – MLR ad, not necessarily a team ad, but you know, if you're a college football fan, you see like the big 10 does an ad where they have all teams represented. Do you think the MLR should be doing something like that? Uh, Yes. And, and, you know, it doesn't need to be on a national, you know, scale. I mean, you can obviously partner with your, your regional advertisers that are in your MLR cities during a big game, like a Sunday night or Monday night football. I mean, they have regional ad buys or localized ad buys, and you can go out, reach out to those, those cities, um, especially during those um, high visibility games, you know, not your noon game, 
uh, with the Bears because they're making us freaking cry here in Chicago. But, <laughs> but you know, certainly your Monday night and your Sunday night games is the right way to do it, and you do it in the MLR cities to really promote the sport. I think that would be a, a great effort, and I'm surprised that the league hasn't started to take that initiative up. Yeah, I think they should kind of centralize it, right, Craig? Well, I, I think, you know, there's certainly something to be said for a centralized ad. I, yeah, I'd have to know the specific costs, that, you know, associated That's with the not, Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm just saying in general, I think it's one of those things that the league should take on because it, it promotes everybody. I think the league needs to figure out a better marketing strategy than it's had so far. Uh, and that definitely seems like a reasonable component of it. Uh, but before, and this is, backtracking a tiny bit, but think about the commercials we had for Austin last year. Does everyone remember the, like, uh, the older, not older, but, uh, you know, uh, somewhat older woman, like with a coffee cup looking through the blinds. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right. right, right. Really I forgot that. about that one. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's God. where we're coming from. So, I mean, to, right. like, the progress is huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it, it is. And to be honest, even, you know, it's one of the things that I was stressing about the other things that teams have been doing, right? So you have Rooney and a lot of their boots aren't on the ground to do things like the academy system and set up the high school system and do the youth stuff. I mean, right now, Rooney just has their GM running around running their youth program because they don't have administrators. But the media side, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. I mean, it's through the computer. You can do it sitting on your butt at home. They should be, and, and every this this is on every team, not just Rooney, but every team should be killing it on the social media right now. And there's some teams that are, and some teams that aren't. And I think some teams are not valuing how much the social media can help them in gaining new younger fans. What do you think about that, Rob? Well, absolutely. I think the social media uh, component is is extremely important. Um, And you notice it with a lot of the folks like the three of us that really pay attention to the league. Um, We really, when when the teams are uh, starving us for social media attention, when the teams perhaps haven't put that much out there, and LA has kind of been one of those teams that was a little that was guilty of it um, from the time that they were announced up until about two weeks ago. There were a lot of LA fans or people that wanted to be LA fans that were really starved for that that um, social media attention. And then you contrast that with you know I know I know um, Nola very well, and it's like it seems like probably every two to three days or something coming out of Morgan Clay's office down there in NOLA uh, promoting, you know, what's going on. I mean, they've got a rugby one-on-one thing going on um, uh, tomorrow night, uh, you know, locally that they're, they're trying to get people invested and interested in youth rugby and uh, at one of the local establishments. And it's just a constant barrage. So um, it'd be nice to see a little bit more out of some of the teams um, on the social media side for sure. Yeah, and I th- I think some teams again I think some teams are doing it better than others. I think some teams are are um, creating their pathways through social media and e- expressing what they want to do on the field as the pandemic you know eases across the country eventually. Um, cr- you know, the social media aspect can be you know good or bad. I mean, we've seen a lot of divisive comments on social media, but, but if it's between politics or just between fans of of rugby itself. Um, but Craig, what do you think the the MLR and the team should be doing to get the youth? I mean, is it the Twitch? Is it esports? Uh, I mean, esports would be great if that was achievable. I, I mean, I think I think these things are all a community and an ecosystem, and you're going to get the youth when the youth see 
a, a reason to start playing, you know, like when there's a high school program that looks fun and is popular, then the youth are going to play, you know, and there's going to be a high school program when there's a college program and, or, or there's a academy pathway to an MLR team. So I, I think these, the ecosystem all kind of develops together and I'm not sure there's any magic bullet for it. I think mm-hmm. you just have to invest in the community, spend time, locally figuring out where your potential rugby sources of, of youth people are and, you know, devote time and energy to that source, whatever it may be, you know, in New York, it may be going to, you know, boys and girls clubs or, you know, Mm -hmm. local schools or charter schools or whatever. um, And saying, Hey, you know, these kids need something to do after school, we'll start a rugby program and we'll, I mean, this is what they do in New York, right? We'll start a rugby program and we'll, you know, in a sense, will be a form of daycare or a form of mentorship or a lot of good things that this community needs, and it happens to be rugby-related. That may be perfect in a place like New York, maybe completely different in Austin. So I think you just need the teams in those communities to interact with the community and figure out what's going to drive youth engagement. Circling back, though, to the to this particular ad that Austin put out, I mean, I guess my question would be, and and this is for you guys, too, to think about and for those fans that are watching, you know, should we now know that the league is incentivizing as, you know, the things, the very things that Craig's talking about, youth, high school, academies, you know, they're incentivizing that. Should the league be incentivizing the local ad buys that we're talking about, um, you know, during these NFL games or during other major you know, major sporting um, games that are being shown locally. Like we know the sea will, we know that uh, in Seattle, um, the, the fans are absolutely sports crazy. We know down there in NOLA, they're absolutely, you know, people are crazy for the saints. We know that around the nation, I mean, San Diego doesn't have a team anymore, but if you put it on during the Chargers games, you know, uh, would that really spurn more fans to come out? Should the league be incentivizing something like that to really try to get more ad buys into other sporting markets? Well, I, I wonder if they're going to tweak their guidelines for the developmental programs. And maybe instead of – maybe that's the thing. Maybe instead of doing salary cap space, they should say we're going to subsidize some of your marketing costs to do that. So that way you can – because obviously I'm, I'm sure um, trying to, to eat – regardless of how bad a team is in New York, I'm sure it's some of the most expensive ad space you're going to have yeah. just based upon where you are. So I think that, that maybe they, they should – not necessarily incentivize it, but subsidize it a certain percentage, and it may not be a lot. Instead of giving people extra um, salary cap space to a salary cap that we know that isn't necessarily a fortress of salary cap. What do you think, Craig? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I think it's worth trying. I, I mean, when you, when you say incentivize, I mean, in a way, they're sort of already incentivized, right? Because they have to do something to get right now. They they're incentivized to bring in the youth programs. They have to do something to attract those people and they get, you know, the, the salary cap relief. So I mean, that is sort of implies there's an incentive to market in some way. Um, you want to make that direct about marketing dollars. I, I, I mean, I'm open to any idea like that. I think, I don't think we know the right answer yet. It's just going to take some trial and error to figure it out. And, you know, hopefully we'll, try a bunch of things. We see some things that are sticking and working, then we can kind of refine the strategy and, and fo- invest more in, in the things that did work. That's true. So I'm going to go around. Um, I'm going to start with Craig and then Rob. So just give me the one word answer. Do you think this ad was a success or a waste? Craig? Success. Rob? Success. 
And I agree. I, I, I think this is one of those topics that we weren't going to be divisive. And I'm going to yell at Rob and tell him Chicago sucks and all that. Cause I think we all agree <laughs> that this opened the floodgates for other teams to do it. Yeah. I mean, we all know. I mean, he knows I'm a green Bay fan. He knows I hate the bears. I mean, he knows I hate deep dish pizza. It's just a thing. It's never going to stop. <laughs> um, but, but I think this is one of those topics that like, you said it, you said it the best, Craig, it's opening the floodgates for other MLT MLR teams to follow suit to do something like this. Um, so guys, um, everybody was under their two minutes. So no, no cards uh, for those fans that, that don't know. Cause I don't think I said it at the top of the show. Um, I do hand out yellow cards. If you go over your two minutes, um, luckily everybody, there was fair play to everybody. Um, and I think it's a great topic. And, 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 I was very excited to see this ad go out, especially on Sunday Night Football. Um, So right now we're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors. And welcome back, rugby fans, to the Rugby Rant. It's the big guy, Scott Ferrara, coming in to talk about the next topic. Um, You know, I I feel like this is a topic and a a code that we don't normally talk about. We're going to get into Rugby League in this second topic. And for those of you that don't know, a couple weeks ago, the Toronto Wolfpack were actually voted out of the Super League. Um, their, their, their readmission into Super Rugby for 2021 was, was rejected. Their business plan was rejected by the competitions board on an eight to four majority vote with one abstention. And to be honest, we felt like this was a big topic and, and obviously you guys voted for it. Um, you know, Toronto Wolfpack is the premier rugby league team in North America, uh, going all the way over to the UK to play. And, you know, it's, it's, Kind of, it's it always stinks to see a team that had some legs all of a sudden get their legs cut out from under them, and it's it's part COVID, part ownership, unfortunately, and part travel. So the question today is, what is the fate of the Toronto Wolfpack right now? So I'm going to give Rob his two minutes. So I think the fate is it's dying a slow and brutal death. Um, you know, what what may we see? Uh, then in the next iteration of the Toronto Wolfpack, we may see them come from where they start, which is a lower division, lower leagues. They had some success there in the first uh, year or two. That's how they kind of got up to the point where they were at. But quite frankly, it seems as they, if, if almost like what, what happens in a lot in sports, people want that instant gratification, instant success, and it blinds franchises to what truly makes them uh, successful and special. And that is, the, the grinding it out over over the years and paying their dues and you know starting young and developing and working hard. I mean, you think about some of the storied franchises in sports. We're talking about the, the Cowboys. Uh, you're talking about you know the uh, Scott, the big guys, Packers, um, the Yankees in New York. Those teams didn't just you know emerge and become successful and pay you know one of the best players in the world coming off a World Cup win. Talking about somebody, Sonny Bill Williams, you know all kinds of money um, to come and play for him and instantly become a, a huge success. Um, it, it was it was years of hard work and effort by the league and by those specific organizations. And I think they were trying to get too much too soon. And so it was just this bad confluence of COVID. And how can you grow a team that's playing all the way overseas? We saw the struggles that the Super League is going through down in the South, right? And they're consolidating and they've out actually found like they're – they're making a little uh, uh, reducing the travel restrictions and making an improved schedule. And looks like the Aussies and the Kiwis are going to be kind of reforming the super league. And 
Um, I, I just think it's too, it's too much travel, you know, uh, too much, uh, too much expense, too much. And uh, at one time, and, and they had a good fan base, but quite frankly, I think they're going to need to consolidate and go back to the lower levels to see any success again and grow it the right way. You know, I, I, I I'm going to keep my hand in, in my, uh, out of my pocket. Uh, to give you the cheese. You went slightly over, but I got to be honest, I wanted to give you some leeway because you made a great point there. Um, you know, the travel, I think, especially in this COVID age was the, was their big killer, obviously, yep. but it was also mismanagement behind the scenes. Um, you know, there, uh, the, the, the prior owner, uh, it had come out in the media, just his handling of everything and mismanagement of funds was, was there. So you have the mismanagement of funds, you have the COVID pandemic and you have the struggle of traveling which is something that kind of equates into the MLR, right? Because we have those Northeast teams that generally have to travel to all their away games first. Um, we, were, we had Canelo Rugby where their former GM, Cam Kilgore, was talking about, well, they might base themselves in the United States to do all their away games, so that way they can just knock out eight away games. I think he said they were going to be based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, um, so to, to cut down some of that travel restriction. Um, so I think you're right. I think they are dying a slow death. I think they they don't have a good place to put themselves yet, but they can find a place if some of these travel restrictions open up. And they may just have to, you know, wait a season or two. They may just have to freeze the team, unfortunately. All right, Craig, you're on your two minutes, bud. All right. Well, you guys both stole the die a slow death response, <laughs> so I'll try to be fresh. Uh, look, I, I think it serves as a reminder that we may have a dream about rugby or, or any sport league or union or whatever about how we want it to work and how great it would be to have a team and a successful uh, franchise. But the truth is these are commercial endeavors and there are a lot of elements to it. There's costs, there's revenues, there's personalities, there's management, and they all have to work for the commercial enterprise to survive long-term without that you don't have a team. And I think this is a cautionary tale for the MLR, as you suggested. And like when you thought about a Hawaii team, as you were kind of getting on, Scott, it's basically the same thing. I mean, how would that be commercially viable for this league that doesn't generate cash? Um, and I and I hope that the MLR owners, you know, keep this in mind when they think about what they're doing. Remember that it is a commercial enterprise and it has to be managed in a way that it at least breaks even in cash generation at some point, or it won't be around for very long. Uh, you know, what should they do? Uh, who knows? I, I don't follow league that closely. I, I'm not that in tune with the, the scenarios, but if I were them, what I would do is look to create a MLR of rugby league in North America. Yeah. You know, start smaller. They're, they're not going to compete in England. I don't think as a commercially successful enterprise right now, start smaller, less travel, lower salary caps, a, a league that you can grow more, more slowly at a pace, more achievable. And then one day you know, if, if they're ready again to compete against the top level teams professionally overseas, then great. Uh, but you know, for now, I just don't see how I mean, it would never work for MLR, right? I mean, we wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to fill a team that had to play half their season or more than half their season in, in England, and I don't see why that would be any different for Toronto Wolfpack. Yeah, no, I I think you're right, and I think the I I you know in 2021, obviously they can't go, they can't, they aren't going to play in Super League, and I wonder if 2022, based upon COVID. Would it be worth their time to be 
the Toronto Wolfpack, a hundred percent based in the UK. You know, it, as a fan, if you're if you're a super fan of the Toronto Wolfpack, you're still going to watch them play online. You might not be able to watch them go, you know, in a stadium, but would it? Do you think it'd be commercially viable for them to play as a Toronto Wolfpack a hundred percent of the time in the UK instead of crossing the Atlantic? I mean, they're just not the Toronto Wolfpack then. I mean, if they play 100% of the time in the UK, you can call them whatever you want. They're just a UK team. Uh, I know, we, but we, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't like to see teams change names, you know, because of they already have a, a history there. But I mean, in, in this day and age of, of the pandemic and things like that, you know, if, if the team has nowhere else to play, you know, the, and maybe the option of going down is still not viable. Why not try it at least? But I mean, I, I guess my question going, and this is kind of Craig's point, how do you monetize that, right? I mean, are you going to monetize uh, the viewing costs, you know, that it's it's pay-per-view or something of that nature? How are you going to generate revenue as an organization? Um, you'll, you might sell tickets in the UK when you're playing whatever venue you're in, but, you know, I guess that gets to Craig's other point, then are you really the Toronto Wolfpack? Aren't you, you know, the Leeds Wolfpack or wherever you're at? Right. And and you you cease to really have that bond and that connection with with, you know, Toronto. I mean, I think, again, in this day and age of, you know, worldwide digital production, if if it's going to be financially viable for you to grow, to get to a point where you can grow Super League, where transatlantic play is a thing you could do. Why not? Um, you know, I, I, I feel like. You can have you're obviously going to have your away fans come to your home matches, you know, whoever you're playing, and then you have you know five dollars a match to watch it online for Toronto fans. You know, is is not that much. You can monetize it that way. You can monetize it with sponsors. Um, you know, you could you can deck your kid out in sponsors if you need to. I was just saying that barring them going to a lower level or trying to create a commercial product here where league isn't at the level professionally. It will be. So, you know, if, if they tried to start to have their own competition here, I wonder how many guys are they really going to pull for the Southern Hemisphere? How many guys are they really going to pull from Super League to have a professional league in in North America? And then, you know, it's 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 a code that not a lot of Americans know. You know, we already know we already know the knowledge of rugby in America, and we know that league is is on the back end of that knowledge for most Americans. So does it hurt them more to try and do their own thing here or should they try something that, you know, as we talked about in our last segment, you know, Gilchrist doing something out of the box for the AGs or the Giltinis, maybe this is the out of the box thing they need to to continue operation until things not necessarily get back to normal, but until they can figure out a way to get back and play matches in Toronto. I mean, that's fine, but I, I, I mean, they're Super League is going to add another team, right? And so, I mean, is, are you there saying, have, yeah, is it viable to have another team? Sure, in 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 England, uh, yeah, I guess. But then it's, I mean, it, it's it's not anymore the context of this North American rugby outpost. It's just an England rugby team. If you want to call it Toronto, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that would work. Maybe it wouldn't. But it wouldn't actually have any connection to Toronto other than the name. It would. It wouldn't be selling tickets to Toronto people. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, it wouldn't be making money off a Toronto market or doing anything for a Toronto market. Well, I mean, yeah. I think again, you have to preservation of the team versus nothing. You know, I think I, that's where they're at. 
I think it's just, I, I think it costs a, like what they try to do in terms of bringing in and paying players and bringing in big names, somebody like a Sonny Billy Williams uh, or, you know, or an Adam Sidlow or, a, you know, somebody like that. I, th- I think that's a costly endeavor. I mean, I look at the flip side, look at like Exeter, right? They, they win the double, um, but Exeter really grew their player base from, you know, from, you know, uh, the youth levels, from the academy levels and brought them up over, you know, many years to get to the point where they are now and become successfully successful on the field. And that generates a successful product off the field as well. I just, I think that's hard to replicate when you are not only trying to bring in players from the Southern hemisphere, from England, and then have it at some satellite location in Toronto makes it a really costly um, endeavor. And it doesn't really bond the players all that much to the place that you're calling home. I mean, I think, you know, you can kind of equate it to the Saracens now in the predicament that they're in where the Saracens might be back in the premiership because there might not be a championship. And it's worth more to the Prem to have the Saracens come back in the premiership and play than to lose them not playing in the championship. And I wonder again, is it is it is there such bad blood from the previous owner and such I mean, in the media there's supposedly ineptitude now in the with the current owner of the Toronto Wolfpack. Again, those are just opinions of people in the media. That's not necessarily our opinions. But having that out there in the Zeitgeist, you know, does that hurt their hurt the perception in, in the rest of the league? Well, obviously it does because they, they didn't like their their business plan, which included paying the back salaries from twenty twenty, which they, they owe people money from the twenty twenty season. Um so I wonder if if all that really attributed to th- their downfall, you know, we, we talked about COVID and travel restrictions, but really was this Super League's chance to get them out because they didn't like who was backing the team. And to be honest, is it th- if you don't like the owner, if you don't like an owner, is it the league's prerogative to 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 kind of vote them out? I mean, it's, it's as long as they can do it within the bylaws of the league, which seems to be the case here. I don't see what's wrong with it. Um, I mean, you know, it's you bring a team to the league not as a charity event, but as a hope for a mutual benefit from that team entering. Uh, so if that's not occurring and the league has the right mm-hmm. based on the partnership agreement or whatever it is, then yeah, I mean, I mean I would, they would they would take action to remedy that. I mean, it happens at some of the most financially uh, viable and successful leagues in the United States. Look at what had the NBA, the Clippers. I mean, when I forgot what the the owner's name was, but when he was caught up in some of the, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, they voted him out. Boom, done. Um, And they got somebody else in there that could, you know, to buy the team. And granted, they have to market that a little bit. They have to find the right buyer. They have to find the right guy that they want to own the league and be, you know, partners with because it is ultimately a partnership. But when you don't like one of the partners because of something they did or because how they're running the organization and hurts and it hurts your bottom line, I suppose, you know, like Craig said, it is it is your prerogative as other owners. But if the goal is to have a to prove the market exists for rugby in North America or to develop that market. I just feel like going, leaving North America to play your entire season is you've now like, you've cut off your nose to spite your face. You know, there's no, now you're you're very ensured you're not building the domestic market. So, I mean, could it work? Sure. But it wouldn't, I guess for the context that we care about it, I don't think it would work. I mean, would you, yeah. Would we say that, 
if Rooney picked up and moved to New Zealand and played in Super League and made a profit, would we go say, like, look, see, American rugby makes a profit? We would say, no, a New Zealand team that would just call Rooney made a profit. It doesn't, it's not a reflection of the American market. Yeah, I mean, I guess it de- it depends on the the makeup of players and things like that. Um, so I'm gonna the, I'm gonna give you guys a quick a quick you know give me like a, a 15 second thing. What's one thing Toronto can do to to not necessarily save their their organization, but what do you think there's one step in the right direction they can do to help themselves? Rob, I'm gonna start with you. Go down, consolidate, simplify your business plan, play at the lower levels, and spend some time working hard uh, to work your way. Um, slowly and uh, steadily back up into uh, Super League. I, I feel like I should have went with Craig first because you gave the finance answer, and Craig's a financier. <laughs> so let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all right, Craig, what's what's your one thing they could do? Uh, my one thing is they should change focus to develop a money generating market close to home as opposed to overseas. Okay. You know what? I, it's again, it's super leagues, a, a little rough to talk about with a lot of, or, or league rugby uh, is, is a lot to talk about with a lot of North American fans, a lot of Southern hemisphere and UK fans enjoy it a lot. A lot of Canadian fans enjoy it a lot. There's a lot of great um, league teams around the New York area, white plains, wombats, uh, Brooklyn Knights, you know, guys like that. Um, we've actually had some Rooney players play. Um, Oshin O'Neill, uh, was a, a Brooklyn Knight and there's a couple guys that played on the wombats for a little bit. Um, so I think that that's an area in, in North America that can generate money, but I think on the heels of union, you know, I think, you, 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 it's going to be hard to compete with the MLR for that space. It's going to be hard to get enough talent to compete with everybody else and every other sport, lower level sport in, in North America. Um, and I think, unfortunately, I think we were, we we're all right. I think, unfortunately, Toronto is, is, is dying a slow death here. And if they don't have somewhere to go uh, in 2021, you know, we might not see them uh, continue operation. Um, so it's, it now's the time fellas. Um, now's the time again, like I said, I'm not going to pick myself as the winner, even though I should, cause I think I had the best points. <laughs> of um, course you did. Yeah. I'm, I'm also the most handsome. So I pick you. I pick you as my winner, Scott. <laughs> Thanks. <Greg. laughs> I didn't lose your choice. So be it. Um, I, and th- this is not to spite Rob because Rob had great points. I think you guys were even going into the wolf pack. Uh, uh, the, your Wolfpack points were even, but I think Craig took it away with the the marketing about the AG's um, uh, advertisement. So Craig, you're, you're well, he's a finance right. guy, so that's playing to his strength. Yeah, well, and 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 he was he was I, I think he was right, and I think it, it is it is going to open the floodgates, and that's that's a point that I didn't think about until he said it, and I don't think a lot of fans thought about it until he said it. So uh, Craig, you're the winner. What, what do you have to say, buddy? Uh, I think we're all winners. We got to talk about rugby uh, in the off season, and uh, I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Craig. It was a pleasure. Um, again, uh, please like us on uh, Facebook. Please uh, follow us on social media. The uh, handle is at Rugby Rant Pod. You can check out Craig Gradelli at American RFC on all social media platforms. Please bother him. He's stuck at home working from home all day. He needs something to make him laugh. 
Um, it, it's it's fun to talk rugby with him. If you just want to, you know, give him a, a give him an insight you think you have, and and he will debate it with you. He's he's pretty articulate that way. Um, again, <laughs> check Craig out uh, as a contributor. Called obnoxious, <laughs> but I'll take articulate. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, Check Craig out as a contributor to the Earful of Dirt podcast. We love those guys, uh, Aaron Castro and Liam Poach, along with Craig Ridelli. And also check out his Monday Morning Fly Half column on the Earful of Dirt Facebook page every Monday uh, during the season. For uh, our host that's not here, Ty Braga, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, I'm the Scott Ferrar, the big guy. Thank you, Rugby Rant fans, and we'll see you next week. Well, rugby fans, that's another episode done and dusted. Make sure that you follow us on YouTube, follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to be able to learn more about upcoming episodes. And once again, thank you for listening to the Major League Rugby Rant Podcast Show.